the baton has been passed in Cleveland sports from LeBron to Baker Mayfield. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Extra Yard with Augustina Brestar. I'm Augustina, and this week, Andy Patton and I are going to break down some of the most important Week 17 games, considering there are a couple that have some serious playoff implications. Um, Andy has been on the pod a couple times now, but for those who don't know, most of his time covering sports was working with, I guess, working with the Seahawks writing on the beat, right? And then mm-hmm. some of his work has been featured featured on MSN, CBS, and Bleacher Report. He also recently started hosting the Pacific Northwest sports radio show, PNW, um, which started at the beginning of November, right? Yes. So pretty recently. And then, Andy, do you want to tell listeners when slash where slash how they can find your radio show? Yeah, uh, it it goes live uh, on my Twitter account at Andy Patton PNW. Uh, it's going to be a little less consistent. It had been Monday evenings starting at seven o'clock. It might be a little bit um, more infrequent, but it'll still happen. Uh, I'll still tweet out about when it's going to happen, so people can definitely follow along there. Uh, talks, like you said, Pacific Northwest, so Seahawks, Blazers, Mariners, Pac-12, so on and so forth. Try to keep keep people informed on everything going on in this uh this little corner of the country Mm -hmm. so exciting and i know you talk about the seahawks a decent amount on the radio Mm -hmm. show and actually i went back and i looked last time you were on the pod it was after the seahawks had lost to the rams and it was kind Mm -hmm. of ugly um but we're probably not going to talk about seattle that much today just because i think there's lots of other you know the whole playoff picture right now is kind of chaotic Mm -hmm. and I guess Seattle is probably like the least of my worries right now. (laughs) Believe it or not, yeah, isn't that weird? (laughs) Normally they're like the big problem. (laughs) It almost feels wrong. (laughs) Um, But yes, you know, they officially won the NFC West outright. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I am going to give a little shout out because at the beginning of the season, I think a lot of us were talking about how the NFC West was probably the toughest division. Mm -hmm. Granted, you know, we've now seen it play out, and I'd still say the NFC West is probably up there, maybe with, I don't know, like the AFC North. Um, Mm -hmm. But other than that, kind of cool that Seattle was able to pull that out. So shout out. I was a hater this whole season. So (laughs) It's one of those things, too, where I feel like (laughs) the Seahawks more or less won the games they needed to win and lost the games that weren't that shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a few notable examples, counterexamples, obviously, the Giants game being perhaps the most notable, and then the win against the Rams was maybe something people didn't expect, I guess. Right. But like it was it was felt like this incredible roller coaster of a season when in reality, for the most part, they kind of just beat teams they should beat and lost to really good teams. Uh, again, with a few notable exceptions, but it was just kind of it was a strange season because the losses felt so uh, intense because, you know, Russell Wilson played poorly in a lot of them, and that's very shocking to Seahawks fans when that happens. Uh, and it, it really exposed a lot of their flaws as a team, flaws that are still prevalent and will likely be a factor come playoff time. 
but it, I don't know. It's one of those seasons where when you look back at it and you don't, if you weren't kind of there for the ebb and flow d- during the year, mm-hmm. you probably aren't going to think that it seems that weird. Like, oh yeah, of course they won a few games. They lost to the Bills who are really good. They lost to the Rams who are good. You're like, oh, the Giants game was kind of weird. But other than that, like it kind of wasn't that strange of a season. And I think it's funny how, how the reactions were throughout the year, because I get it. I understand how, you know, how that goes, but it doesn't feel like it actually ended up being that weird of a year. Right. I think I definitely agree. For me, the strangest part was just how poorly we saw Russ play at Mm -hmm. points in the season, which eventually I think we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the Mm -hmm. MVP race and how Russ basically just blew it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. very sad, very sad for me. Um, But yes. Okay. It's been a crazy season, of course, with COVID and opt-outs and some games having to be, I guess, rescheduled in a sense. But Mm -hmm. we're here. It's kind of crazy. There wasn't a single game that got canceled due to COVID. So the NFL did something right. Um, But now we're here. I think I went through and there are one, two, three, four, five, like five teams that in the NFC that have potential of being in the playoffs. Wait. I'm bad at counting one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the AFC, I mean, there's less. However, those seem just a lot closer. And mm-hmm. in the AFC, there is going to be a 10 win team that doesn't make the playoffs, even with the expanded playoffs, which feels wrong. Yeah. It almost feels like we should probably just not let the NFC East team like be in the playoffs and just transfer one of the AFC teams over might be more deserving yeah this happens in in particularly in the nba i think it's really prevalent uh, it has never i don't know if it's ever been this egregious in the nfl but mm-hmm. uh it, there's an argument for just like picking the you know 15 or however many teams make the playoffs just picking the 15 best right. instead of doing it this way because like you'll see like you know a 500 or a sub 500 washington wizards team in the nba make the playoffs over like a really good nine-seeded Phoenix Suns in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you're kind of seeing it in the uh, NFL as well with a team like Indianapolis or Cleveland who may not make the playoffs despite the fact that they have 10 and 5 records right now. And then you have a Washington team that's probably going to make the playoffs with what is currently a 6 and 9 record. It's it's pretty ugly. Uh, it's you know I don't think they're going to make sweeping changes, nor do I necessarily think that mm-hmm. they should. But this is kind of what you get. And it's cause for noise and complaint and uh, that's probably why the nfl likes it because they get more people talking about their product when stuff like this happens totally totally so let's just start it's definitely going to be a more laid-back episode but i think it's going to be very fun because it's Mm -hmm. you know it's going to be a ton of opinions and there's just so many different scenarios that could play out here um so tons of content provided for us to talk about (laughs) yes Um, yes Really, the only thing that's for sure is that Kansas City has clinched that bye in the AFC. Mm -hmm. Everything else, you know, even in the NFC, you know, there's four teams that have clinched, but really, like, we don't know who the one seed's going to be, and we know that Tampa Bay, I guess we know Tampa Bay's going to be that first wild card spot, but other than that, Mm -hmm. we don't really know anything. So, let's just start. There are some scenarios um i've picked five games in the afc that would affect the afc playoffs 
But really mm-hmm. two that I think are worthy of talking about. Let's start talking about the Pittsburgh and Cleveland game. So Cleveland last week had an 82% chance to make the playoffs. And then, of course, they lost to the Jets. Yep. And you didn't hear this um, because I added in afterward, of course. But the little <laughs> soundbite at the beginning of this episode is um, Aaron Goldhammer. He is a radio host in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, you know, that whole sports journalist cliche of he's passing the baton on to this person. I love when people say that. <laughs> um, but he's basically saying that the Le- uh, the baton has been passed from LeBron mm-hmm. to Baker Mayfield. Oh. And <laughs> oh. I I put it in there because, one, I think it's hilarious. Yes, it is. Two, I don't think it aged very well. <laughs> Not at all. You know, and the past couple weeks, excluding, so if we look beyond the Jets, like the three mm-hmm. games leading up to that, we've seen the Browns you know, really turn into this pretty good football team. Yeah. And we've seen Baker Mayfield totally just, you know, started out the season very bad. And, you know, he's really turned himself into a pretty good quarterback. Granted, I don't think he's a great quarterback still, but he's better than what he was at the beginning of the season. And then for them to basically just, you know, so it was on Sunday NFL Countdown. And they had this whole segment basically on the Browns and how, like, they're going to make the playoffs for the first time in, like, mm-hmm. a million years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just, you know, of course, hindsight. Now they lost the Jets and they might not make the playoffs. So let's just talk, yeah. talk about that for a little bit. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, that was a disaster game for them. The Jets weirdly had momentum, which is so strange. The Jets, I mean... I, they're not in the playoff picture and they're not particularly worth talking about, but I find them exceptionally fascinating because they really shouldn't have won either of these two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a two game win streak and cost themselves Trevor Lawrence. And now I have to figure out what they want to do with Sam Darnold and it may have saved their coach's job. And it weirdly could put them in a position where they go into next season with the same setup of Adam Gase and Sam Darnold, which just seems like a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like that's the worst possible outcome. But I think that may be what happens. But anyway, uh, the Jets won a game they shouldn't have won. The Browns lost a game they absolutely needed to win. It was peak 2020, I think, at its absolute <laughs> finest that this is how this game went down. Uh, the Browns, you know, I mean, Baker was flat out very, very bad in this game. You know, the Jets do not have a good defense. They don't have a good football team in general. Mm-hmm. He threw 53 passing attempts in this game, and he only completed 28 of them. 25 incomplete passes. It's just horrible. You know, he threw for under 300 yards despite them basically exclusively trying to throw the ball. They got nothing going on the ground. 28 rushing yards from Nick Chubb is just inexcusably bad against a the Jets' run defense is, I guess, better than their pass defense, but it's still not good. And there's just no excuse to not be able to get the ball going on the ground, not be able to throw the ball through the air. Baker, again, didn't look good. Uh, they gave up 23 points to the Jets, which isn't a lot, but to the Jets it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the second game all year that Sam Darnold threw two touchdowns. Uh, and the only one, the only game where he threw two touchdowns and didn't throw an interception all season. Um, I don't think Darnold's as bad as people make him out to be, but you still 
you can't let him have the best game of the year against you when you're fighting for a playoff spot. It's just not a good, not a good picture. So I'm pretty down on the Browns right now. Um, I was never super high on them. Even when they did look good, I kind of thought it was maybe a bit of a mirage. Um, obviously the running game with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, when they were both healthy, you kind of expected a lot out of that. And for them to combine for less than 40 yards in this game was a huge problem. And I think if those guys are playing at their peak and Baker's better than this, they can be somewhat of a dangerous team. You know, they have some decent weapons. Uh, Austin Hooper's really solid. Uh, they have a decent defense as well. Obviously, Miles Garrett's a big leader there. But it, this is a team I'm really worried about. And this game, I think probably, I, I don't want to say cemented them out of the playoff picture, but I mean, woof, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot harder now. And I'm, I mean, when you lose to the Jets, you have to have a lack of confidence that you can beat anybody at this point. So I think they're going to have a tough road ahead of them. Right. It, that Browns and Jets game was just so fascinating to me because I think a couple of weeks ago on the pod, I talked about coach of the year mm-hmm. and Kevin Stefanski was someone who I'd brought up. You know, yep. I think what he's done with Cleveland and that run game specifically is just it's scary for a lot mm-hmm. of teams that they're playing. And so, you know, I think the whole storyline this past week heading into this game was, OK, their wide receivers are out due to COVID. Mm-hmm. It was basically an assumption. I actually played <laughs> my team played Nick Chubb in my oh, fantasy yeah. championship this week. And I was like, okay, Nick Chubb's going to literally have a million points, right? Like mm-hmm. they don't have any wide receivers, you know, st- their run game's already really good. And then for, I guess, Cleveland to have, they had 18 rush attempts that whole game. Yeah. It it didn't make any sense to me. Granted, I wasn't upset because I was like, please, I don't want Nick Chubb to get the <laughs> ball. But it was also kind of like, screaming like run the mm-hmm. damn ball <laughs> like this is how you're gonna win this game I don't know why you're not doing it and I actually texted one of my friends that and then he was like are you okay because I never <laughs> I'm never a run person but yeah so it, the whole game plan right there it was just a mess to me and I think unfor- I don't want Cleveland to be in the playoffs um I'm actually really sad that they have the tiebreaker over Indianapolis poor mm-hmm. Philip Rivers he really doesn't deserve that <laughs> yeah um so fitting though <laughs> so mm-hmm. fitting. um but I think this game against Pittsburgh I don't I wouldn't have said Cleveland was gonna win but then yesterday Mike Tomlin came out and said you know Big Ben's not gonna play and he might decide to sit some other players as well so, and I mean, all Cleveland has to do is win this game. Do you think they win this game and make, make their way into the playoffs? It's tough. I mean, it really depends so much on, on obviously who Pittsburgh plays and everything that shakes down with that. Uh, I want to say I agree with you. Indianapolis is a far more fun team than Cleveland is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Obviously, Rivers deserves a shot. Uh, I love Michael Pittman. I like uh, just the group that they have in general in Indianapolis, and I hope that they make it, but... For Cleveland, yeah, I, I think Pittsburgh, if they bench Roethlisberger, if they bench some of those receivers or only play them like a half or so, uh, you, you nailed it in the notes. Like I, Pittsburgh doesn't really view the difference between the second and third seed as being all that dramatic. So they it makes some sense for them to give some of their veteran guys some rest. Um, but Cleveland is, I mean, 
I, I, both Cleveland and Pittsburgh have obviously stumbled lately. Pittsburgh figured it out and somehow pulled off that win against Indianapolis, which might be the death sentence for Phillip Rivers, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched that game in its entirety, and I really did not think that Pittsburgh had it in him to make that comeback. So kudos to Big Ben and that squad for pulling that one out. But sure. Cleveland doesn't look like a team that can beat anybody right now. Um, and if Pittsburgh, even if they bench Ben and they play most of the rest of their guys, I think they're probably going to pull that one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that's the case, obviously that's good news for Philip Rivers and company. Right. I think, I think Pittsburgh or Mike Tomlin specifically choosing to bench some of these players, especially Big Ben. You know, the storyline the whole season was the one seed is going to be incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, with them being the only team to get that first round by. And, right. you know, I don't want to say Pittsburgh blew it, but they kind of blew it. They did. <laughs> and, you know, it just goes to show, you know, Mike Tomlin realizes he still needs, like, Big Ben's older now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he needs that. He's going to need this week of rest. So there's that. I don't, I don't know who I would pick to win this game. Probably I'm going to take Cleveland. Which is they're playing for a lot more than Pittsburgh is. That's exactly. that's. I mean, you can't discount that. Exactly. So I would take Cleveland, which is Indianapolis out of the playoff picture, unless mm-hmm. unless they won and Tennessee lost, then I think they would win the AFC South. Yes, right? that's correct. Um, which either way, that's still sad. Although Tennessee, their defense was terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> watching that game against green bay i was just like i don't see any i don't see any way tennessee unless they were like matched against pittsburgh in that first round then i think they might be able to beat like pittsburgh um, mm-hmm. but i don't see them being able to stop you know josh allen <laughs> right or at some point like patrick mahomes you know right no way um so yes i would want I'm kind of sad. I I wish both Indianapolis and Tennessee could make the playoffs, but at this point, it seems like that's not really a reality, unless, of course, Baltimore lost. Baltimore, yeah, I would say if Baltimore loses uh, to the Bengals, which seems unlikely but is possible, mm-hmm. then you have a, a really wonky situation. I'm not even sure I can do the math in my head to figure out how it would shake out, but it could happen. Right. It could happen. I think if Baltimore lost. And then both Tennessee and Indianapolis won. I think that would put them ahead. And then Baltimore would be out. Correct. I think you're right. Yes. But I also don't want Baltimore to be out. Um, right. <laughs> this is going to, this leads me to my next question. Which team do you think is the best team in the AFC? I, whenever I ask this question, I always just say, like, which team do you think is the best in the AFC? And, like, why is it Kansas City? Right. <laughs> um, but I'm assuming, do you think it's Kansas City? Or do you think, yes. are you on that Buffalo bandwagon? <laughs> I think Buffalo is second. Uh, they have, they're just well-balanced. Uh, Stefan Diggs is incredible. Josh Allen's looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like a lot of what they've done this year. Obviously, you know, the, the game that I watched them the closest was against the Seahawks. Uh, but I've watched them a handful of other times, or at least picked up highlights. And yeah, they, they have a really, really solid squad on both sides of the ball. But Kansas City is is the best team there for sure. And unless Mahomes has like a really uncharacteristically bad game, which is very rare, uh, I, I have a hard time seeing them losing really at all. They'll, they'll obviously, uh, you know, if they run into any of the teams in the NFC who are likely to make it, the Packers, the Saints, the Seahawks, will give them trouble if they make it to the Super Bowl. But I think that mm-hmm. 
it would be surprising to me if Kansas City did not make the Super Bowl this year. Okay. Which so would you say that Buffalo has the best chance to beat Kansas City? Yes, I think so. I I, I do weirdly think Pittsburgh, if they like played. I mean, I, I say weirdly, like they were undefeated for a huge chunk of the season. They're obviously a good football team. You you were on the record as saying they're one of the worst undefeated teams, uh, and I think you were right. And it was kind of proven in the fact that they are now third in the AFC. That's pretty clear evidence that they maybe were uh, a bit overhyped for a while. Uh, but they're well coached. Uh, they, you know, obviously Big Ben is still playing at a high level. Uh, the receiver group has been fantastic. Uh, Chase Claypool stepped up in a major way for them. Um, and obviously Juju and everybody else that they have, James Conner's been good out of the backfield. The defense is solid. So I think Buffalo probably has the best chance, but I don't think that Pittsburgh is, they're certainly not a slouch either. They're, they're not peaking at the right time. They peaked too early. Mm. Um, and I don't know that they're an exceptionally great matchup for Kansas city, but I think that they could give them some trouble too. Right. I will say though, if big Ben threw like continues to throw the ball the way he did the second half mm-hmm. of that game. I think there that that was easily the best half I've seen from him all season. Yeah, he, he got some air under the ball for the first time. Exactly. Um so it's, I still don't think it's a great matchup for Kansas City. I don't think Pittsburgh I honestly I could see them getting upset in the first round. Um mm-hmm. especially if they had to play, you know, Baltimore or Cleveland, which it seems like going to be one of those teams right i could very much see that happening um i think i would give baltimore the best chance to upset kansas city in the AFC. yeah that's not a bad pick either yeah and i i started saying that probably like a month ago and it looked like a super bad take at the time <laughs> because at that point it seemed like baltimore wasn't even going to make the playoffs um so yeah. now here they are and I think I definitely give them the best chance to beat Kansas City. So I don't want them to lose this weekend, of course. <laughs> An AFC championship between Kansas City and Baltimore would be a lot of fun. Uh, Baltimore's obviously got a great front seven. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been inconsistent this year, but he's a weapon, and he's really difficult to deal with for opposing defenses. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be a super fun game. I think I lean Kansas City. Uh, obviously, I think anybody would probably lean Kansas City in that game, but... I definitely think it could be a close one. And there's, yeah, there's a good possibility that Baltimore could pull the upset there. Right. I think that is exactly what we need in 2021. (laughs) Um, Considering, (laughs) you know, 2020 was kind of a hot mess. We, the people deserve a Baltimore and Kansas city AFC championship. Agreed. Seconded. Great. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) let's move on from the AFC now and talk about the NFC, which is messy for different ways, just because, you know, there's those three teams technically. I say technically because I really don't think Seattle has a chance at getting that first seed. Um, mm-hmm. th- it just seems like they're kind of there's too much that has to happen for that. I also don't really understand how Seattle has the tiebreaker over New Orleans and Green Bay if all three of them have the same record. I don't know either. I wish that I could tell you that. Yeah. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't sure. know. It still doesn't make sense to me. I just listen to what the NFL people say um, on, you know, their playoff <laughs> scenarios and everything like that. But it really doesn't make any sense to me, uh, considering if, yeah, yeah, I don't understand. Anyways, so Green Bay, of course, clinches that one seed if they win this weekend. 
and they play Chicago, which very fascinating. We talked about how with Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Cleveland had much more on the line. If this is this could be one of the best games this weekend, right? I mean, both of these teams, you know, Chicago, if they need a win, if they want to make the playoffs, and then Green Bay, if they want that one seed, which we know is extremely important, they have to win this weekend. Um, so this game, who do you think is going to win, Green Bay or Chicago? Yeah, uh, th- this is probably the most exciting game in the NFC, maybe in the NFL, just because both teams are really strongly something. You don't always see that in the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I strongly encourage anybody to who plays in fantasy football leagues that go to the last week of the regular season. It's dumb. Don't do that because the last week is usually kind of chaotic. Um, but I, I, I think you have to lean Green Bay. I think they're so talented on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, that Rodgers has played really well. They have great offensive weapons around him. Uh, and Chicago is so volatile. I know that they're got hot at the right time. Uh, they've made this great late push, which has been a lot of fun. They tend to play Green Bay well. Uh, they have obviously the regional rivalry, which helps out there. Um, but this is, I mean, it's just... Chicago has a lot to overcome. They don't have the nearly the quarterback play that Green Bay does. Uh, they obviously have that great defensive front, which helps them out a ton. But Rodgers is is so good, even against really good defensive pressure against good secondaries. I think it'll be a fairly close game. I think that most, most of the time these two teams play, uh, it ends up pretty close. And with Chicago literally scraping for, you know, their playoff spot, Trubisky scraping for his job. Uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting one. And I, I lean, I think I'm going to, I'm going to take Green Bay because they're a better football team than the Bears, but I think that this could go either way. Yeah. I would also take Green Bay, especially if, you know, their defense plays the way they did against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if their offense just does what their offense does. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm t- I would take Green Bay as well. But I agree. I think this is a game that really could go either way. And I wouldn't be shocked if Chicago somehow won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trubisky this past weekend didn't. I will say the one thing Trubisky has that Foles doesn't have is he is just much more athletic. Yes. And, you know, we really saw that this past weekend. So who knows? I actually made a bet with my uncle this past weekend Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he thinks Chicago is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So, wow. It was a great bet for me to make because who even knows if Chicago is going to be in the playoffs. (laughs) Right. Yeah. There's that. Um, Yeah. I think, I mean, quarterback play is so important and Trubisky, you know, he looked solid. Uh, It was against Jacksonville. Exactly. (laughs) They're not good. Uh, You know, and again, he had a good game and that's great, but it wasn't even like, a great game like mm-hmm. he was better than average better than bad against the jaguars so i'm not right. exactly like you know david montgomery's a great back obviously that helps them out a ton uh, robinson is excellent they've gotten a lot of good stuff out of graham so they're you know they're looking good right now but against a good defense which green bay's defense has been spotty this year but like you said was good last week mm-hmm. i have a hard time seeing trubisky doing enough like trubisky has to outscore Rodgers. Yes, it's against Chicago's defense, and Chicago does have a good defense, but he has to find a way to outscore Aaron Rodgers. And I just, it's going to be hard. That's a really, really hard task Mm -hmm. for him. For sure. 
Um, so there's that game. I think there's also the Arizona and the Rams mm-hmm. game, which at one point this week, it was basically up in the air of whether Goff or Kyler Murray were going to play. Now yeah. we know Kyler Murray is going to play, but Jared Goff mm-hmm. isn't going to play. Yep. And, you know, we could even talk about the implications that could have on the Rams moving forward in the playoffs, right? So it's like, even if they clinch this playoff spot um, with the win this week, it's like, what if they don't have Goff back for next week? That could be huge, right. considering it could be the Seahawks that played them. So yeah, could be huge. Um, but basically the Rams win, they clinch a spot. I think Arizona has to win if they want to be in and Chicago has to lose. Yep. So there's that. Who do you think is going to win this game, Arizona or the Rams? Yeah, I mean, the Rams are going to be pretty darn deflated without Goff. Obviously, they're going to go with John Wolford. Uh, They got Blake Bortles to be their backup. It's going to be tough. I mean, both these teams are well coached. Uh, the Rams obviously have a good defense and they have a solid running game. It's been a bit inconsistent, but Akers and Malcolm Brown are good and they can rely on them pretty heavily. But I think the Rams' biggest strength is their receiver core. Uh, obviously, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson. I really like the receivers that they have. And if they don't have a quarterback who's you know out to get the ball, and it's not like Goff was an MVP candidate. In fact, Goff is probably a bit overrated by... Uh, a lot of people, I don't think he's all that good, mm-hmm. but he is better than John Wolford and uh, <laughs> certainly against the Seahawks. Jared Goff kills the Seahawks. Yeah. Most people who I interact with uh, primarily watch the Seahawks. And so they have a perhaps more inflated vision of Jared Goff because he does so well against them. And Sean McVay game plans against Seattle really well. And I think that that's how they've managed to be so successful. But I think they'll have more trouble with Arizona, uh, particularly Arizona with Murray. Uh, He may not be 100%. That may be a factor in that game because obviously Murray, uh, you know, he's very active. He likes to run. He often takes a lot of hits. So, you know, if he's a bit more hesitant or more tentative, that could be problematic uh, for the Cardinals, especially against, you know, Aaron Donald and the Rams front seven. So Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to be a really tight game. I think it's going to be a really, really tough one. Um, Favorite quarterback play, obviously. I talked about that a lot with the Trubisky-Rodgers matchup. And even a 75% Murray or whatever he's going to be is a pretty hefty advantage over Wolford. And, you know, the Rams are going to have to adjust to not having their quarterback. That's difficult to do that in a win, you know, a really critical game with very little preparation time after a tough loss last week. So I'm, I'm talking myself into Arizona, but I really could see this one going either way. And I know that I've said that for a lot of them, but this one is, is very much a coin flip in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's the Rams are so interesting to me because, and I think for most of the season, I have said that I think the Rams are the best team in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. You know, they just remind me so much of the 49ers last season. Yeah. In the sense that, you know, great defense, you know, great coaching, Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. and Sean McVay, draw the comparisons there. But, you know, that quarterback position is, it. I mean, it's hectic on both sides. And so, mm-hmm. and that's why I think the Rams are a scary team, though. You know, we saw the 49ers, granted, by the time they made it to the Super Bowl and you're playing Patrick Mahomes, yes, you're probably, mm-hmm. you don't stand right. a great chance. It's possible. 
But I mean, we also know that defense isn't how you beat the Chiefs. You have to outscore right. them. So I don't know. I can. I hope Goff can come back for the playoffs, just because I think there's a lot. This team could upset a couple teams. I think like if they were to play New Orleans, they could maybe beat New Orleans, or you know, they could probably beat Seattle, which would be sad. Yes, <laughs> they could probably do that, and they could probably beat green bay as well so i think they're a team that deserves to be in the playoffs at least and then (laughs) we have the nfc east (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which um so i guess technically everyone is still in contention to win that division except (laughs) philadelphia and i'm sad because i you know jalen hurts if he was able to you know, granted, it wouldn't have been hard considering what the winner of this division is going to win seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> wouldn't be hard, but Jalen Hurts, you know, leading the Eagles to a division championship would have been kind of cool. Not going to happen though. So, yeah. Washington, Dallas, and the Giants all technically have a chance. Now, if Washington wins, then it's. But, I mean, they're playing Philly and Jalen Hurts, I'm saying. I don't think that's – I don't think that's going to be an easy win for Washington. I don't think so either, but I would point out that the Cowboys just put up 37 points on the Eagles. Um, that's very true. Like, the, the Eagles' defense is really bad. And Jalen Hurts, I think, is good. And, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I love what we've seen out of him. Uh, you know, his, his numbers against the Cowboys were good but not great. I mean, he had the two picks, obviously. Uh, but for him to throw for 350 yards and run for 70 yards is awesome. Uh, that's what makes him a really unique weapon and one that's going to be really hard for teams to game plan against. Uh, I think he could have probably led this team to seven wins this year, but that's not what happened. And there's nothing that Eagles fans can do about it now, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think for the Eagles, or excuse me, for Washington in this game, uh, the biggest thing is just going to be. Uh, you, you got to score a lot of points. I think uh, the Washington defense is solid. Obviously, Chase Young's been fantastic, um, but Hurts is going to be hard to game plan for. And if he carves you up, and if he has a really, really nice game, you can still win if you just <laughs> score a lot of points. And obviously, Washington's quarterback situation has been a challenge for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the same could be said for Dallas. And like I said, they scored nearly forty against the Eagles last week, so it's not going to be that difficult to put up a lot of points. Uh, if Andy Dalton can throw for 377 yards and three touchdowns, then I think Washington will be able to do okay and get themselves into the 30s. And that's probably all they're going to need to do. Uh, you're going to withstand potentially a, a nice game from Hertz. I think he's the kind of quarterback that could potentially give Washington some challenges. But uh, Philadelphia's not playing for anything. Um, Hertz is obviously playing for his job, so I think that'll be... Uh, the most interesting thing to watch out of that game, but I think that Washington's probably going to win it. They're a better football team. They have a lot more at stake, uh, and I, I think that their Philadelphia's defense is bad enough that Washington will score enough points to win. Mm-hmm. I think are Alex Smith and McLaurin are they going to be back for Sunday? Is that like official? Do you know? I don't know. I know they I... didn't practice today, but. Yeah, like, I think they're expecting Terry back, but I'm I'm not 100% okay. sure on that. Because uh, I also, I think that will play a big role as well. If, yeah. you know, depending it's, who they have. I don't know. 
We'll see, I guess. It says Smith was planned to sit out on practice, yeah. so that may be a good thing, but mm-hmm. hard to say. It's We won't know, obviously, until game time with guys who, especially a guy like Smith, like, you know, his, his they got to be extra careful with him. So I think that he will probably not play much this week, but hopefully he'll be able to play on Sunday or mm-hmm. Saturday. Yeah. Whenever the game is. And then, so we have Dallas in the Giants as well. Mm-hmm. And granted this game, it won't matter if Washington wins, but it's just funny to me because for the first like five weeks, five, six ish weeks of the season, I feel like all we did was to talk about how bad Dallas was. And -hmm. it's because our expectations for Dallas were pretty high. You know, you have Zeke, you have Dak. Their defense was supposed to be incredible, and then we saw it not be incredible. Mm -hmm. But here they are. They could still win the division. Yeah. (laughs) Granted, it's because it's the NFC East, but they're Mm -hmm. there. Um, Who do you think wins this game? Yeah, this is such a weird situation that, like – Both these teams, if Washington wins, neither of them make the playoffs. But if Washington loses, then whoever wins this game makes the playoffs. Yeah. It's a a strange, weird, you know, 2020-esque situation that we got going here. Um, I am going to lean Dallas. Uh, Obviously, the Giants, you know, they did beat the Seahawks. uh, But I don't think that they're very good. And I think Dallas seems to be rolling right now. Zeke had a great game again against the Eagles, but he had a good game. Dalton looked good in that game. Uh, Dallas has their defense hasn't been what it was supposed to be, um, but they've been fine. And I think that they'll do okay in this matchup against the Giants. I think that that's, I think that's a decent matchup for them. And so I'm, I'm going to lean Dallas. I think that they're probably going to pull this one out. Uh, like I said, I hope I think Washington wins and makes it pretty moot. <laughs> I don't think it'll ultimately matter. Um, but I think that Dallas will probably get the win here. Yeah. Um, I also do. And then I guess my next question would be, and I wasn't planning on asking this because I feel like there's an obvious answer. Mm-hmm. But say, so that 4-5, it looks like it's going to be the NFC East winner and then mm-hmm. it's going to be Tampa Bay. Do you think Dallas or Washington or the Giants could be Tampa Bay? No. Yeah. <laughs> like it would I I mean like I I don't want to say that they can't that it's possible, mm-hmm. but I think it's pretty unlikely. Uh, I think Tampa Bay uh obviously, you know, Tom Brady is a, a master in the playoffs and they seem to have kind of found themselves a little bit um I don't know the health status on Ronald Jones, the running back. Uh, obviously, they have Leonard Fournette, and they have a handful of other guys. Um, but if Jones is back and healthy, I think that their offense is just too good, uh, and they have good defensive players. I think their defense could use some work, but they have good players. Uh, and, I, yeah, I don't think any of those teams are good enough to, to unseat Arians and Brady and Gronk and, and that team. Yeah, I would agree. But it's worth asking. Yeah, you never know. And then, as of now, it looks like, you know, if it stayed the same, because I don't think there's any way Seattle could be the two seed. They're either one or three. Right. <laughs> um, if they stay the three and the Rams stay the six, we'll play the Rams again. Yep. <laughs> and at that point, how worried are you about Seattle? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously it depends on Goff. It depends so much on whether Jared Goff is healthy. Um, if he's not healthy and they're playing a backward quarterback, it's certainly not a shoe-in. Uh, we talked before about McVay seeming to always outcoach the Seahawks and being one step ahead of them. And he's turned Jared Goff into seemingly an MVP candidate whenever they play each other. And I imagine that whatever quarterback they roll out, whether it's Wolford or even if they bring Blake Bortles out there, I think that they'll have a good offensive game against Seattle because they just seem to do that. But obviously the Seahawks defensively have been rolling. You know, they went from being potentially one of the worst pass defenses in the history of the NFL to being better, you know, not elite by any means, but considerably better. Obviously they got some healthy, they got some guys healthy. They returned. Jamal Adams has been a monster in that pass rushing role. Um, Quandre Diggs has stepped it up lately. Shaquille Griffin got healthy. Um, you know, there's still not a great pass rushing team, but it's ticked up a little bit. Um, so it'll be an interesting one. I, playing a team a third time, obviously, both teams are going to be so familiar with each other. Uh, the Seattle knows what they need to do to win. The Rams know what they need to do to win. Uh, it's going to come down, uh, again, a lot to whether Goff is healthy. That's, I think, probably the most critical thing. And then the second thing is just whether which Russell Wilson will show up. You know, he he's obviously had his ups and downs this year. His first game against the Rams was absolutely horrible. Uh, if if he looks anything like that again, they're definitely going to be in trouble. But if he can find ways ways to get the ball to DK Metcalf, uh, he's going to have a few more weapons. You know, Greg Olson's back, Rashad Penny's back. Um, so they have the offensive players that they need. Um, Josh Gordon, maybe. <laughs> Like, it'll be an interesting situation to see uh, kind of what what how the Rams defensively attack Seattle because what they did in the first game clearly worked. They tried a, tried a lot of the same stuff in the second game. It just didn't work. I think the team made the adjustments that they needed to make. Uh, and so now it's, you know, it'll be fun to see how those two sides kind of attack each other in this game, whether the Rams try to switch things up, do things differently, whether they just try the same strategy again and hope that they can maybe get not as good Russell Wilson in this one. Uh, that seems like a bad strategy on the Rams' part, but I, you may not have enough time to really come up with a brand new game plan against the Seahawks. Uh, and ultimately, they're just going to be scrambling to try to get their quarterback healthy. I think it'll be the biggest thing for them. For sure. And then my final question as we end this little NFC playoff picture segment would be, which team is the best in the NFC? Yeah, I think it's I think it's Green Bay. Um, I have a shocker prediction to say that the team with the best record uh, is the best team in the <laughs> NFC. Uh, although clearly that could change by you know they could finish I think as low as third or maybe only as low as second. Um, but again, Rodgers has played really well this year. Uh, they have good offensive weapons. The defense is solid. They seem to be peaking at the right time. Uh, I do think it's pretty close. Uh, I do think Seattle is third. Uh, where they are ranked third or arguably fourth, maybe uh, because of how inconsistent that they can be uh, with, with Russell Wilson cooking uh, the way that he was earlier in the year, they're, you know, second, maybe first, but with the inconsistencies, you could argue that they're maybe fourth. Um, but Green Bay is number one for me. New Orleans is beatable. I, I'm not super confident in them, I think that they're pretty well-rounded team. Obviously, their offensive weapons are so stout uh, that they've proven to be really difficult to beat this year. But I think that they are beatable. Like I, I'm not betting on the Saints in the NF or in the Super Bowl necessarily. I think I'd pick Green Bay over them. I'd pick Seattle 
more likely to make the Super Bowl than the Saints, I think. Um, and even maybe the Bucks, honestly, they, they might be more likely to. Um, but I think that the road to get to the Super Bowl at the NFC goes through Green Bay. I think you have to find a way to beat them in the cold, um, you know, against uh, Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't seem to have slowed down against a, a defense that's peaking at the right time. I think this is a, this is going to be a hard team to beat. Mm-hmm. The NFC is really, I think it's going to be very fun, though. Um, mm-hmm. Much different than the AFC, where I think there's like three or f- four tiers, maybe like three yeah. tiers. Um, and the NFC, I really feel like there's like two, and the NFC East doesn't get to be included in either. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I, I, I don't know. You know, I think a team just has to show up on a given day and. If they show up and, you know, have the game of their lives, then I could see them winning. Even teams like Chicago, I could see mm-hmm. pulling up and up, like pulling an upset or even Arizona or, and, you know, we saw Arizona, the whole Kyler Murray, you know, the Hail Murray mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. over Buffalo, you know, these teams are teams that I could see pulling up and upset. Yeah, absolutely. If you told me that the Super Bowl was going to be Kansas City versus Tampa Bay, I wouldn't be that surprised. Like, that seems entirely possible to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or Kansas City against the Rams. Yeah. Not Kansas City against Chicago. Not, I think that's unlikely. Yeah, I think you're going to win that Not sold on bet. Chicago, but <laughs> I guess, maybe. Um. Yeah, so there's that. Now I just want to move into just some end of this regular season things. <laughs> One specifically came up a little bit earlier um, when we talked about Russell Wilson, but mm-hmm. does it, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is probably the MVP favorite now, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, Mahomes had that bad game that kind of knocked him out a little bit. Uh, that's what's so, I mean, the NFL is so difficult, obviously. The MVP is always just a quarterback race, which is potentially a flawed system, but quarterbacks are so much more valuable to their team than any other position. So it would be silly to award the MVP to somebody who's not a quarterback. Um, but to win the MVP, you have to be hyper-consistent for virtually all 16 games, and that's really hard to do. Um, Rodgers has more or less done that. You know, he has not been perfect every single game, and even his, like, peaks are probably not as high as the peaks we saw from from Mahomes at times and even from Russ to start the season. Um, but his consistency has been there. His team is 12-3. and three. Um, I think that they're, they kind of there's a little bit of a bump for when older guys perform really well. I think that it, because it's impressive, uh, sometimes those guys get a little bit of a bump for that. I think Rodgers may be getting that bump. Not that it's undeserved necessarily. I think when you look at a lot of either traditional statistics or even some of the more advanced metrics uh, at sites like PFF and Football Outsiders and other places like that, uh, they tend to be favoring uh, Rodgers. I think Mahomes is right there. and uh, Some places have him ahead or just right with Rodgers, but... I think when you look at the narrative of the season, you look at recency bias, which always, you know, which will not favor Mahomes because of that ugly performance uh, and certainly won't favor Russ, who's fallen well out of contention at this point because of multiple bad games on the year. But I think I think you're, I would be betting pretty heavily on Rodgers and I would not bet on anybody other than Rodgers and Mahomes. There's, it's, it's a two-man race at this point. Right. Um, sidetracked slightly a little bit. Do you think mm-hmm. there's any team where the quarterback isn't the MVP? 
like the quarterback isn't the MVP of that particular yeah, team. Yeah, that team. So, like, for example, maybe the Titans with Derrick Henry. And yeah, uh, Washington, I Washington. think. Um, I'm not exactly sure who their MVP is, but their quarterback play has yeah. been spotty throughout the year. Um, so their MVP is probably not their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas, it's probably Zeke. Um, Even though he's probably... had some terrible games this season. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Dallas has been kind of bad. So, yeah. they, you know, I mean, I guess you could make up Mari Cooper, but uh, it might be somebody defensively for Dallas, actually, mm-hmm. um, now that I think about it more. But, yeah, I think you're right. Henry on Tennessee is probably a good one to pick there as well. Uh, I think there's a few. There's probably others that I'm not thinking of right away. But for most playoff teams or, like, really high-quality like yeah. top three seed teams, I think uh, just looking quickly at the notes, like everyone, I mean, New Orleans is weird because Breeze missed a lot of the season, but, right. uh, and obviously Kamara is extraordinarily good. You could maybe make that argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I'm looking at this team in the playoffs, the most important person for them is Drew Breeze. So I wouldn't say that. Uh, and like Josh Allen, clearly for Buffalo, uh, Big Ben for, for Pittsburgh. Lamar for Baltimore. So like, yeah, for the most part, it's, it's going to be quarterbacks just about top to bottom. Right. Although I did see some takes on Twitter recently mm-hmm. that, you know, we saw Stefan Diggs on Monday, just mm-hmm. play crazy game. Absolutely crazy. And, you know, I've seen some takes that, you know, could Stefan Diggs, you know, be an MVP candidate? Because, you know, there was that one game this past week where he was just out of his mind. But mm-hmm. really, Stefan Diggs has consistently been a pretty good wide receiver, a great wide receiver this whole season. I, I love Stefan Diggs. I think he's had an awesome season. He was an incredible pickup for Buffalo. I always have a hard time saying that a wide receiver is the MVP because wide receivers yeah. are uh, really dependent on their quarterbacks yeah. <laughs> to do well. Um, obviously, when you watch the Bills, like Allen is very, very good, but a lot of what Diggs does is stuff that Diggs does specifically, not necessarily um, only because of Josh Allen. And certainly, you know, as Seahawks fans, like DK Metcalf is not good exclusively because of Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf is good because he's an absolute freak and he does really well with yard after the catch and his route running is much better than people think. But it's hard to, to say somebody's an MVP as a receiver without. Uh, acknowledging the quarterback who not only got them the ball every single time they got the ball, but, you know, threw the ball to five, six, seven other people throughout the year as well. For sure. So we're both pretty sold on Aaron Rodgers, although I think it it is super close. Mm -hmm. And if Patrick Mahomes was playing this week and I would choose Patrick Mahomes, I think him sitting and it's not to his fault and he doesn't need to play. Right. So it's like not a big deal, but um, I do think that affects him pretty negatively. You know, not I mean, there's always a chance that Rogers has like a really crappy game. The bears That's are a true. good defensive team that could have an impact, but eh, it would be, you'd have to do real bad. I think to lose the MVP race to, to, uh, to Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So moving on from the NFL, so college football kind of coming to a close slowly. <laughs> um, we saw some bowl games already. And then the football, the playoffs, or mm-hmm. start on Saturday. Saturday? Saturday? Yep. Friday. One of the two. Friday. <laughs> is it Friday? What is New I think Year's? it's Friday. Yeah, it's, so it's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> um, what day is it? Who knows? All the days are like the same at this point. For real. <laughs> so, um, actually, it's... I 
base my calendar off of when sporting events happen. So, you know, now that we have NFL games on Saturdays. So this year's just chaos for you. It, it's been terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the days when there was football on Wednesday, I just was so confused. It was not going ever. to the wrong class. Like, you don't know what's going yeah, on. I'm just like, I don't know. I thought today was Sunday. I don't know. Anyways, so the playoffs this weekend. Um, we have Notre Dame and Alabama. Who are you picking to win that game? Yeah, Alabama. Um, Notre Dame's good. Obviously, they've had a good season. Um, but, I mean, it's. It, I think it's foolish to pick against Alabama for the most part, um, even in a strange, weird COVID season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just too good and too well-coached and too prepared for this game. I think they're going to win it. Yeah. And then we have Ohio State and Clemson. Who do you think is going to win this game? Uh, I hate it, but I'm going to pick Clemson. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't feel good about it. Um, but what have I been saying is the quarterback play. And, yeah. you know, you, you have it in the notes, but Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields, super fun, super fun matchup there. Um, Trevor Lawrence is better. And Clemson is, you know, also well-coached, also mm-hmm. well-rounded. Uh, this one will be closer. Uh, I, I think Ohio State has a better chance of winning than Notre Dame does, yeah. uh, which is, again, not exactly a uh, hot fire take in any, in any way. But mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be shocked if Ohio State wins. But I think we're all going to uh, have to limp into the start of 2021 knowing that we're going to get Alabama Clemson for the national I championship know. game. See, college football, it kind of sucks in the sense that I could have told you three of these four teams were going to be in the playoffs. Like we didn't even need the whole season to for right. it to get to this point, you know. And you probably could have guessed the fourth. Like if you were given six teams to choose from, you would have probably had these four teams. Yeah, on there. no, for sure. And so it's just like <laughs> I don't want to say it, and especially in a season where the Pac-12 was just a dumpster fire. Oh my god, it was a nightmare. <laughs> um, it just kind of made college football just not that interesting for me. I think it was I think it was Nicole Auerbach who was talking to committee members who who helped pick the the college football playoffs who basically I think she straight up asked like why do they play the games because like there were teams that were moving up in the rankings despite losing and there was like good mid major teams that were like undefeated or beating really good teams who weren't getting the credit and they were like like if you're just going to pick the same four or five teams like why and, and the, I mean the committee was dismissive of her question because. Uh, you know, they didn't like the way that she phrased it, I'm sure. Right. But like, they didn't also have a very good answer. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's like, you do, I mean, like, yes, these teams all did what they needed to do to get here. But what they need to do to get to the to be in the final four is a lot less than what other teams need to do. And it's unfortunate that we're not in a situation where we're either considering expanding the playoffs, uh, which is probably the most realistic and, and easiest situation. We're taking a much harder look at uh, you know, team mid-major teams that have really good seasons. I don't know. There, there's it's a tough situation because, like, you know, you can't do a 64 team March Madness with football. It's just not feasible. <laughs> but it's unfortunate. There's no parity in college football. It's, it's yeah. college football is one of the most fun sports out there. And um, I, you know, I, I went to Gonzaga. I did not have a college football team really. Uh, so I watch more without a super strong rooted it, rooting interest, which mm-hmm. should make it more fun. But kind of knowing which teams are going to be in it every year makes it a little bit less fun, which yeah. I think is unfortunate. Yeah, for sure. And I will say that doesn't mean the playoffs aren't exciting, right? I think right. these are easily the best teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be good football, although not quite sure about the Alabama game. That one might not be as close. 
But, yeah. um, you know, come the championship when it's Alabama and probably Clemson, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately, it's going to be – it'll be a good football game. It's yep. just all the games leading up to it just don't feel necessary to watch sometimes. Okay. I I do want to talk a little bit about Justin Fields. Um, mm-hmm. We all know Trevor Lawrence probably going first. I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I really like him. I think his ceiling is really high. and. I'm seeing a lot of takes, some ideas that, you know, if Justin Fields falls to that third pick, which Miami has from Houston, because um, Houston's <laughs> management is terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> basically. Uh, and who knows what the Jets are going to do? You know, we talked about Sam Darnold. I don't know if they think that Justin Fields would be their guy over Sam Darnold. I don't know. They're that whole organization a mess. Assuming Justin Fields falls to the third pick of the draft do you think miami would draft him so first of all i i did i wrote an article about the darnold versus fields debate that the jets and their fans and their front office is going to have to have i think they'll probably lean to stick with darnold i don't know if that's the correct decision necessarily uh, they need to get their coach out of there, which they may or may not do. But mm. um, so, yeah, so for the purposes of this, obviously, let's assume that the Jets go with, you know, they take Sewell from Oregon or somebody else uh, at number two and he falls. I don't, I, I absolutely don't think Miami should. I'll say that very clearly. I, I think that they should invest in the quarterback that they have. Um, you know, two has been up and down, but they just took him last year. And I think that the highs that we've seen from him are clearly enough of an indication that he could be a a really good starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't know what their expectations were or how he hasn't met them necessarily, but Mm -hmm. it seems crazy early to, to give up on him. Obviously there's the teams have done this, you know, they've taken a quarterback, you know, in high pick two years in a row. Obviously the fact that Miami has the third pick, despite being a playoff caliber, potential likely playoff team is insane. And proof that the Texans are just hilariously mismanaged. Um, I mean, like it's, it's so funny that this is, that the the Dolphins are in a situation where they're like, well, we have a good veteran quarterback, a good young quarterback, a playoff team, and the third pick, should we just take another quarterback? It's ridiculous that this is a situation that this team is in. Uh, I say, no, they shouldn't take fields. I'm not sold on him. There's nothing about Fields' profile that makes me think he's definitively, like, demonstrably, no doubt, better than Tua and, like, worth abandoning your plan after one year. That seems – I don't see that. And I think Miami, like, when you're a playoff-caliber team, like they are – like, again, I keep saying playoff-caliber, playoff team. When you're a playoff team, like, don't draft for a position that you don't necessarily need. I know that there may be some people who think that quarterback is one of their weakest positions. I would not agree with that, but go find out other positions that you can address. Like there's a lot of talent at the top end of this draft. Like if Sewell's there, take him, you know, booster your offensive line. Like there are a lot of other guys that they could take at the top of this draft, uh, some high end receivers that they could look at. And I think that's what they should do. I, I think you, you invest into a, uh, I don't know Fitzpatrick's contract situation. I don't think he'll want to come back. Uh, in a backup mentorship role if he can avoid it. Um, so they may have to address that. But I think you give two of the keys to the kingdom. You, you address another position with that third pick or trade it uh, and get a bunch more picks and try to build that way. I don't know if that's something that's on their mind either. But I, as much as I do think Justin Fields is good, I don't think this is the move for them here. Yeah. 
And then, I mean, if they don't take him at three, he doesn't go one, two, or three. We just assume he's probably going to go to Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So basically, Justin Fields isn't going past four. And if he no. does go past four, I think the NFL's dumb. It would have to have been like uh, some, something would have had to happen, I think. Yeah, um, uh, maybe a, a bad combine or uh, obviously other things that could happen between now and April, but it would be it would be surprising. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have Alabama, Clemson. Who's winning it all? You know, just because I don't want to pick the top seed every time, I'll say Clemson. Okay. Um I don't have an exceptionally compelling reason other than Trevor Lawrence is very good, um, which may not need another reason <laughs> besides that. Yeah. Uh, that may be good enough. Um, if you ever like want to know, like, how is Andy betting this week? Pick the better quarterback. Uh, I think I've made that very clear mm-hmm. in this pod and previous pods uh, with you that I tend to favor that a lot. Uh, that's not a knock on Alabama, obviously, but I, Trevor Lawrence is really good. And yeah. Clemson's well coached, and they're, you know, they, they are good on both sides of the football, but um, I think it'll be close. I also think there's like a realistic possibility that Alabama wins by like 21. Um, I, I mean, it would be kind of surprising, but like also like, oh, well, Alabama's just doing, doing Alabama things again. Um, but Lawrence is really good. So I think this is going to be a, it's going to be a close one. And I think they're going to put up a heck of a fight and have a good chance of pulling it out. Yeah. I haven't made a spicy take in a while, and my spicy take is I think Ohio State is going to beat Clemson. Ooh, okay. All right. I like that. And then I think they're going to get absolutely wrecked by Alabama. Yeah, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't sure how spicy you were planning to go. <laughs> Not that spicy. Just like medium spice level. <laughs> yeah, Ohio State winning it all would be spicy. Uh, I don't think it's like impossible, but it's yeah. pretty darn unlikely. <laughs> Yeah, we're not, we're not, I'm not feeling that bold tonight. Um, not ghost pepper hot right now. But yes, I think Ohio State, I think, and it is because I'm a Justin Fields apologist probably. And mm-hmm. I think he's a lot better than other people think he is. And if he just has a great game, I think they could pull it off. Yeah. Anyways, that's all we have for this week. Um, That was a lot of college football talk. <laughs> I love it. It was, I haven't talked about college football in forever. And it's partially because there's absolutely nothing to talk about other than the Pac 12 is not playing. And even when they do play, it's really bad. And yep. we already know that these teams are going to make the playoffs. So there's really nothing to talk about. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, check in next week as Jackson Hampton will be back on the pod. Um, we're going to check in on our team draft since the regular season is going to be done. And preview the first playoff games. Um, and just a little spoiler spoiler alert. Post week 16, my team is currently at 14 points. So Nice. 